Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm super excited to chat with my guest. Her name is Sarah Dawn, and she's an attorney and business growth expert. So thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. And I saw, I just saw um, your Instagram story sipping on something yummy looking. Yes, it's really, I've been doing some mocktails these days. So this is grapefruit juice, sparkling soda, a slice of lemon and a little pinch of salt. And it's heavenly. That does sound great. Yeah, I've been thinking of incorporating more mocktails, like just, you know, during the week when I don't just better in general. So I'm going to have to try that one. It's great. And it's, it's completely primed to add a splash of Prosecco Mm. (laughs) when appropriate as well. Perfect. That's good to know too, because I always love the bubbles with it. Um, where are you located? Are you hitting this heat wave too? That's coming in this weekend or I am, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's heat wave city for us. We're, We're pretty used to it. That's kind of just summer, but it's been a little bit extra. Um, and it it stands to be going forward as well. Where are you? Um, I'm up in Oregon and we're supposed to hit 111 this, like this weekend, which is unheard of, especially in June. That's pretty intense for Oregon. I'll, I'll give you that. That's I, since I've moved to Arizona, I almost never check the weather. When I was a Texan, I was an amateur meteorologist. You have to be (laughs) to live in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'll have to check our weather because if you guys are that hot, it's, it's probably going to get intense here. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And we just moved. So we do have air conditioning, but like our house that we were in for the last two years did not. And I was like, could y'all even imagine if we are that were in our work. old house? Yes, that would be awful. That would um, work. Yeah. Well, I hope you stay cool. Um, well, yeah, I cannot wait to learn more. I was just digging around your website and your social media, uh, which I love, by the way. So, yeah, if you could tell yeah. us a little bit about, you know, how you got started, what you do, who you help, you know, all of that fun stuff. Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm an attorney, and that's what I spent the first majority of my career doing. That's what I wanted to do since I was a little girl. And I had it set up for myself, though, that it was go and hustle. And I had to work super, super hard to live. And I I did that. I put myself, we, I grew up pretty poor. So I put myself through college and then law school and didn't just like, you know, go get a job as an attorney, like a regular human. I started my own law firm with a partner and it was just this constant need to give more than I had. And I I didn't really dive into why, because I felt like it was working for me. I was pretty proud of that actually. (laughs) And for me, it got to the point that I spent enough years ignoring my body's cues that 
it shut down in the most perfect way for the woman that was the face of a law firm. And I got a sudden onset of Bell's palsy, which for any of your listeners that aren't familiar with it, it's paralysis of half of your face. You just roll a dice, pick a half, and it just completely stops working. I thought I had had a stroke. I went immediately to the emergency room. Um, Later on, I had to kind of dive in and realize why would I think that that's normal to be 35 and have a stroke? (laughs) I was like, oh, that must have been what finally happened. (laughs) Best prognosis possible. It was only Bell's palsy, but it was really a signal that I had to finally listen to my body and, and dive into what I was doing to it energetically and, um, what my beliefs were, what my goals were, you know, what was I really doing all this for? Mm-hmm. And with that, it wasn't like an instant, okay, this didn't work out. I'm going to hurry up and do something else. I'm, I'm a little bit of a slow learner. Like I said, I was pretty proud of the way I worked, but over the couple of years to follow that with mentors and other practitioners helping in my life, helping to take care of me. I really decided to look at my work and ask that question, honestly, what am I doing this for? And what am I trying to achieve with it? What parts of my work do I really, really love and fill me up and what's depleting me so much? And so then I spent those years making some big changes to the commitments that I had made just out of, I thought that that's what I had to do to be successful, to tailoring my work to be what I really loved. And the part of my work as an attorney that I loved was working with business owners. A big part of my practice was in the real estate field, but I could find myself so much more excited about diving into the nuance of their business Mm -hmm. versus saying, here's your contract, here's your LLC documents, you know, that, that side of it. (laughs) And that's, that's what I built for myself. I tailored down my law practice to be very, very narrow, very specific, not anything that I'm marketing or looking for any new clients and then spend the majority of my time helping business owners. I get so giddy when I hear somebody talk about their passion and their business but that conversation's the same. It's, but I'm getting sick all the time and I don't ever have time with my family. And I started this business to have time freedom, but I'm working around the clock. And I'm like, hold on guys, I've I've done this. I kind of like forged my way through this jungle with a machete. Let me show you an easier path that you can actually tailor this passion business to be your passion, not a pain in your tail. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So many things like, yeah, that, you know, as entrepreneurs, I feel like we, I don't know, take it upon ourselves to do more than we have to. We feel like we need to do more than we have to. Like, you know, I know, like, sometimes I talk to my husband, he's like, well, you need to work more. And I'm like, that is such an old school way of thinking. Like, I don't have to work like 80 hours a week to get the results that I'm doing. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we just have that mentality. And he was a business owner too. He flipped houses and, you know, he would work 70 hours a week, like, and you know, whatever, mm-hmm. maybe some people like that, but it's not sustainable. Um, but yeah, I just love that you now concentrate on what like lights you up inside. 
Yeah. And I think that's the key. It's not sustainable. And when we're talking to other entrepreneurs, be it our spouse or anyone else that has done that and it worked for them, you know, to, to whatever extent it worked for them, they almost feel like there's that formula. And I remember being in that mindset a hundred percent that I was getting myself sick. I was working insane hours. I never, ever turned business off. Mm -hmm. How dare this other person have a balanced lifestyle and get the same results that I'm getting so hard. And so we almost have to like cling to that formula for success if that's what we're doing. Because if somebody else is doing something else, how dare they, right? Right. Like, why won't you answer my email at midnight? What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that, I love that that's the example you give because when we first started the law firm, we're like, okay, we are the 30th firm with a similar service in this small suburb of Dallas. Mm -hmm. How are we going to set ourselves apart? We're young. I think I was 20 seven. So we were really young Mm -hmm. and how are we going to set ourselves apart? I know we will make ourselves available 24 (laughs) seven, which is like the most bonkers. Like I cannot even say it out loud without laughing right now, (laughs) but 10 years ago, that was a brilliant idea. (laughs) And, and you know what people do when you tell them they can call you at midnight Oh, they will. They call call you at midnight. I thought there was no way. So I'm like stuck mad at my customer for doing exactly what I told them to do. Yep. Oh, it's craziness. Um, Yeah. And it kind of leads into my next question about, and this is one of my favorites because I love to hear how people do balance work life. So with all of that that you went through and, you know, you're still thriving with business, like how do you balance work and life? (laughs) I think it's really important to look at it, you know, as much as it's the topic I talk about, I don't love the word balance because I picture scales and like, right. if you, if you add a bead over here, you've got to add one over here. And that's, that's not always practical within any one chunk of time. I like to look at it more as a variety. So if you're looking at your month, for example, and it's been all work and you have not had variety with time with friends and time with your family and time to just to yourself that has nothing to do with making money. If you don't have a good variety in there, you're, you are then imbalanced. You're, you're going to fall out of balance. And I think it gives us some grace to look at it that way too. For example, I've had a big launch I've been working on the last two weeks. I've been working a lot of hours on that. And I'm not going to shame myself being like, oh no, here I am, the balance expert getting out of balance. <laughs> it's intentional. I have a launch. I have, when I'm working with my clients, what I call a surge. So mm-hmm. I have a surge of my time into the business. And then next week I'm going to Hawaii. So I'm making sure and having that variety that I'm filling my cup and I'm not letting, it's not just becoming the status quo to work around the clock that I've depleted myself and sacrificed everything else that I love. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, it's not like, because we don't have like a typical, like nine to five, you know, when we're doing our, our own business. So it's not, there's no, like, at least for me, there's no real, like 
checkout time, but I do know when I'll be concentrating more on things, when I can kind of be done. You know, like like you said, if you're aware and you kind of just plan it out, like it ebbs and flows. Yeah. And allowing for that while you keep a pulse on mm-hmm. it, is it ebbing and flowing <laughs> or, <laughs> or have I just picked one of those? Right. I think it's important, you know, one, I'll just give like this one little tip that I feel like is such gold, especially for service-based businesses like yours and mine is just because it works for you to work kind of weird hours sometimes, you don't have to train your customer that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably one of the first things I got into on top of that 24-7 <laughs> customer service was sometimes it truly worked for me to put my kids to bed and be working at 10 p.m., mm-hmm. But if I trained my customer that I was going to respond to an email at 10 p.m., then the next week that maybe that didn't work for me, I'm going to be getting attitude back from them because they sent me a 10 p.m. email that I, you know, quote, ignored. Right. One of the best tips I love doing, like just talking about emails and service space is schedule your emails. So you can work whenever's convenient for you. You can maintain your own variety in life and business But if you happen to be sending emails at 10 p.m., schedule them to go out at 8 a.m. the next day or 7 a.m., you know, whatever like that, so that you're doing what works for you and you're training your customer to expect reasonable hours from you. I love that. So simple, but, you know, so often overlooked, you know, and like forgotten about, like, I don't, I definitely don't do that. Now I just took a note, like schedule your emails, schedule your emails. Oh, awesome. Uh, And what you mentioned launch. So can you tell us about what, like what you've got going on? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this. It's been a long time coming. Um, I think like so many of our plans last year thwarted. Yes. Last year thwarted my variety in a big way. <laughs> my what got added to my variety was homeschooling. Um, but so this launch is called the Bliss Business Mastery. Ooh. And it's I looked into my own business and did exactly what my clients need for me. You know, so often we need an us for us. Yes. <laughs> and when clients are coming to me that I'm working one-on-one with, they're often at a point in their business that they need to grow. They want to, they need or want to make more money in their business. They've realized some success and they're trying to figure out how to replicate that without just duplicating the hours that they're working. So I help with scaling strategy, keeping a pulse on that variety in life, getting marketing strategy, leadership, teams, automations, all of that in place. But then I ran into in my own business of okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind of maxed out on helping people one-on-one with that. And I feel so passionate about making this doing business better, a movement where the next generation of entrepreneurs don't have those beliefs that have been passed down generation after generation, that the way you get successful is working at, you know, 80 hours a week and Mm -hmm. sacrificing your whole life. And that's why you get to be successful. I want the next generation of business owners to say, 
I'm doing this because it's my passion and I'm giving just enough of myself to it that it's successful and I'm putting my passion into it and I get to love my life too. I don't have to be a martyr to that work. And that's where the inspiration of this program came in is how do I get the work that I do one-on-one with people to the masses and it's in this mastery program. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's exciting. And I'll make sure to put that in the podcast notes so everybody can go check that out because yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course. I'll make sure you have the links and everything. Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. Cause I mean, that's such a, you know, we get into business for, you know, the passion behind the business and the freedom, whether it's financial or time or, you know, whatever. And sometimes somewhere along the, the way those can get muddled, you know? For sure. And it's, it's natural. I think as entrepreneurs, we're creative and we're passionate and we tend to want more, more, and more. And I don't think any of those are bad things. And I also don't think you can do this working four out, you know, the four hour work week. Damn Tim Ferriss gave us all false hope. (laughs) And never putting in the grind. You, you do have to put in the work. Mm And you can do it intentionally where it's not a life sentence. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You're so right. Um, so in your business, like, are there any apps or automation other than, you know, like the scheduling the emails, which I love, um, what else do you use to, you know, just help you, you thrive and, you know, have that balance and, and all of that? I love automation tools and I'm so giddy about them because, I'm an age, but I think they call me like an older millennial. <laughs> oh, you too? Yeah, me too. I'll be 40 next month. And yeah, I think okay. we're geriatric yeah, millennials. <laughs> geriatric <laughs> millennials. Uh, yeah, I'm 38. So, so very, yeah, we're in that same group. Um, that So when I started my business 10 years ago, there were not tools like we have today. And if they existed, they were very, very expensive and clunky and (laughs) clunky. Oh my gosh. That was the perfect word for it. They were so clunky and like you had to have a rep come out and spend a week with you to like put everything in place. And it, it just was so unautomated to get automated. We didn't bother. Mm -hmm. But what that meant was like every Thing that had to happen in my business needed another forty to fifty thousand dollar a year employee. Right. It's like, oh, that that adds up. And so automation tools, I'm I'm obsessed. And it starts with every little thing you catch yourself doing. Bookkeeping is the first one I say. Unless your business is bookkeeping, you have no business bookkeeping. Mm, You're the most expensive bookkeeper you could possibly hire. And systems like QuickBooks has it like 97% automated. Mm -hmm. And then bookkeepers are a reasonable hourly rate to have them, you know, set up your chart of accounts and the other, you know, finance nerdy stuff that you need. But you have no business balancing a checkbook. (laughs) in your business every month. That's ridiculous. And it's time spent. I'm going to say this about every single task as a creator and innovator in your business. You're the most expensive person that could be doing these operational tasks. So true. And then it comes to things like, 
you know, there's different nuances in each business, of course, but things like um, booking, scheduling. If you have a service-based business that customers need to schedule with you, they should absolutely not be calling you, texting you, and emailing you to get on your books. Have that automated. I love Calendly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Calendly, what is the word I'm looking for? It's a very... <laughs> I'm looking Magical. for the most simple word. <laughs> sure, sure. We'll go with that one. It, it combines, this is not the word, but you'll get it. It combines with all of my other calendars. So yeah, I well, have it, my, it integrates with so much. It like integrates. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You can take payments, calendars, like all kinds of amazing things. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Like you said, all you have to do is click one button to say, this is going to be a zoom meeting and Mm -hmm. it's part of it. And that does two things. It makes your life a lot easier. It takes so many hours off of your plate and it makes your customer's life easier. Yeah. And anybody that's hesitant on automation tools, I, what I'll hear a lot is, and and this kind of goes into the third thing I was going to mention, anything with a personal touch. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not saying you don't ever need to have a personal touch in your business, but those are the things you need to look at. If you, if your business is making hot sauce and as the owner of the business, you insist on having to screw the lid on every sauce bottle because that's your personal touch, stop it. If you have a t-shirt printing company and you have to personally pack every single order because that's that personal touch, your customer doesn't care. And it's, it's taking, it's taking a lot of time and energy that you're not innovating and growing your business. But a lot of times that personal touch, like when we're talking about in scheduling, it's your customer doesn't like it either. That's inconvenient for them. Mm -hmm. At the moment they're trying to schedule an appointment, they're trying to know what their calendar is going to be. They don't need to wait 48 hours until you've matched up your schedule enough that you can figure it out. They're going to go somewhere else. And I feel like the businesses, like the biz, big businesses that we can all recognize the name, businesses like Blockbuster and Toys R Us, that in the past recent years we've seen go under, they were making the same mistakes. They weren't listening to what made life easy and convenient for their customer. And they insisted the way they had always done things would be what sticks. And each of those businesses had 15 years notice, 20 years (laughs) notice that the customer demand was going to a more automated, more convenient direction. And they dug their heels in and said, nope, the way we've always done stuff is the right way. That's how we got successful. That's how we're going to keep doing it. And even though you and I don't have Blockbuster or Toys R Us, small business owners are making the same mistake by digging their heels in on saying the first formula for success is the only formula for success. And that's what they have to take forward because that'll actually impede your growth. Mm. So true. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you know, you can personalize like your Calendly, you know what I mean? Like there are ways, like you're saying to innovate, like to keep that personal touch and do things the way you've done, but then also just elevate it, you know, and make it your own. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And seeing what that opens up for you. Yeah. Totally. It's a lot. Yeah, totally. 
It really is. I mean, I feel like there's just like, there's so many opportunities these days, you know, it's you know, with the internet and just I mean, mainly, yeah, the internet. I mean, we don't, us being, you know, the geriatric ones, the younger <laughs> ones don't remember dial up, you know, and like, you'd have to sit there and wait and like, you've got mail. It's like, oh my God, I have mail. You know, like. There was, when I was in law school, that, that, that sound echoes in my ears mm-hmm. because when I was in law school, there was, oh, I heard the pop. Um, there was a girl, lady, person in my law school class that we were, could you imagine these days trying to be in any setting that they absolutely prohibit internet access? No. Like that sounds bonkers now, but in law school, they were serious about it. And, and it wasn't like the internet wasn't new. It, mm-hmm. This was 2000. Two, 2003, the internet wasn't new, but yeah, they prohibited internet access. So we could have our laptops for taking notes, but we were not supposed to be on the internet. And a girl opened her laptop and you just hear echo through this like massive auditorium where our classes were, you've got mail. <laughs> and it was like, everybody turned around like, <gasps> that's hilarious. <laughs> what has she done? <laughs> she's on the internet <laughs> I think she had to stand up and talk like I think the professor made her talk the entire oh. Class. Oh, no. <laughs> like a full digression from our conversation right oh, yeah. yeah it's fine yeah. <laughs> but that's it. where you know one of uh, when I'm in my program and when I'm speaking I talk a lot about those belief systems we have that are behind our burnout behaviors and one of them is that traditionalist belief system that the old way is the right way. That's what got me successful or that's, you know, maybe you inherited your business from a family member, or maybe you had a mentor in your business that helped you get to where you are. And that traditionalist belief system is the old way is the right way. It would be dishonoring whoever came before me to change the formula and we do this this way because it's how it's always been done. And man, that'll get you in deep water every time. Yep, totally. I mean, it's good to like learn, you know, but still, again, innovate and don't just think that that's the end all be all. <laughs> Take the golden nuggets. But I promise you, if grandma had Calendly in 1982, she would have been using it. She wouldn't have just like stood on ceremony and been like, mm, I'm not going to use the tools available to me. No, right. that business, you know, that was successful. And your mentors have, have those gold nuggets and have that success because they used every tool at their disposal mm-hmm. at their time. And now it's, that's the lesson you need to take from them that it's your turn to do the same. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So true. So what is your favorite or most effective way to market your business? I love Instagram. Maybe I'm just trying to be younger than I am. <laughs> I'll fit in here. I will. <laughs> I love Instagram. I've been dabbling it with reels and actually done pretty well with it. I haven't like taken that same talent to TikTok, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and like plug TikTok because I know it's working for people. Mm-hmm. But I think the message is anything that feels fun to you. 
Yes. I love that. That's where you can show up authentically and really connect with people on a deep level. If you're in a platform that feels fun to you. Yeah. I love that. People can tell that you're enjoying it, you know, and like, you just feel that passion. And like, when we stick with, you know, what feels good, what you know, like, I don't know. And that's where the results are. Yeah. And the other thing that I, This is going to, I'm going to pull in an old fashioned one that I feel like social media has given the opportunity for it to be grossly underutilized is in-person networking. Now Mm. I know in this last year, we've been like, what are people, (laughs) but in-person networking, I want everybody to look at that as if when you're making genuine connections, I don't mean showing up at a event like giving somebody your social media handle and walking out the door and hope things work out. I mean, making true friendships and true, genuine, authentic connections with other entrepreneurs. Doing that is like sending out a free marketing team to the masses because every single one of those entrepreneurs wants to see each other succeed. And when you've made those deep connections as soon as they meet anybody else out in the world that need your services, they're going to be talking about you. Mm-hmm. And it but, is the most effective, completely free marketing tool that just, I think we just get another thing, just get so busy. It's grossly underutilized. Yes, I totally agree. Like I, yeah, 100%. Like when we moved back to where we live now, I was like, I'm going to join the chamber. And my husband was like, again, he, I swear he's supportive. He doesn't sound that supportive in all like, these examples I'm giving. <laughs> but he was, like, yeah, he was like, Nicole, it's not like 1950. Like, why are you joining the chamber of commerce? And I was like, um, because I can, you know, meet people in real life and network and all these events. And yeah, like I've gotten like a ton of business from my local community. And plus, you know, then you're in the community and you're supporting those other business owners. So I 100% agree with you. Well, I'm glad you, you just said that and put some fire under my tail because I did the same. I finally joined the Scottsdale chamber of commerce this year. And it was a, it was a mindset block for me because my last experience in the chamber of commerce was as an attorney. Hmm. So I was attracting people that an attorney would attract. And I'm like, huh, no, thanks. <laughs> right. I'm good. I'll get here. <laughs> and I, I proved myself wrong. There was somehow the chamber of commerce, like something popped up in a Facebook feed that somebody was literally like, tell us what your business is. And I'm like, oh, fine. Commented on it. Had a woman immediately comment back being like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was a thing so many people could use you. I network everywhere. Can we meet? And it's turned, it's a blossom into these. I'm actually going to Italy with this, this group of women next year. Like it's a blossom into this really awesome networking friendship that I I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and join. If one comment on one chamber Facebook (laughs) feed has turned into this, I'm going to go ahead and, and give it my all. And that's how these things work, right? Yeah. You you get out of them what you put into it. Totally. Any and all marketing channels, you know? Yeah. Or like anything in life. Yeah, that's true too. (laughs) (laughs) Or like just life. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing called life. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. 
Um, and so comfort zones, like what do you do and do you have like any tips on how business owners can get out of their comfort zones? Yeah, I think it's important. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to like go the right direction with this. Like which, <laughs> which path do I want to pick? I'm really, I feel strongly about listening to your intuition and, and really working that intuitive voice muscle that you're following what's true for you, which can be hard. Sorry. Which is, which, uh, no, no. Yeah, exactly. That's hard, especially when you have everybody else's ideas flooding at you. Yeah. And I'm, I feel really strongly about that. And it's not too dissimilar of a gut feeling as when you're being stretched out of your comfort zone. So I feel like I hear a tendency and I'll do it myself too. I really have, I've, I've kind of gotten where I've honed in the different physical sensation in my body. If I'm feeling stretched or feeling like this is a no, but I'll hear that a lot of, oh, I started to do this thing. And then I just got a gut feeling and I just knew it wasn't the right thing for me. And I'm like, "Mm." I mean, I'm not here to argue with anybody else's intuition, but I think that was butterflies that you're yeah. thinking of. <laughs> you're a little scared. You're a little scared. <laughs> and the, yes, exactly. It's that fear response. Mm-hmm. And I say that your intuition does not speak fear. That's not its language. It's not like fear, you know, fear is bad, fear is this, it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Your intuitive voice does not speak fear. So if you feel scared, don't blame your intuitive voice, go go in (laughs) and think, okay, what feels scary about this? Have I not been successful before? Am I afraid other people are going to think I won't be successful? Am I worried about that one, you know, that one person that said a mean thing to me in high school that one time that follows me on Instagram right now, judging me as soon as I post about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can, we've got to stretch out of that comfort zone and stop blaming flow alignment, intuition, and say stretching out of your comfort zone is the best thing you can do to stretch your bank account. I love that. Do new things. Yep. I love that. It's so true. Like it's just so true to stretch and to kind of sit with those feelings and try to, you know, decipher and figure out. Cause I feel like, you know, a lot of times we're just like, Oh, that doesn't make sense. I shouldn't do that. You know, like kind of going back to what we were saying earlier too, like it's always been done this way. Like, so that's what I should do, you know? Yeah. I would just say big changes come once you actually really start listening to it and it's still scary, but it gets less scarier, at least for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of working out that muscle. And when you can get curious in a way that say you had your best friend come to you and express a similar fear that you're feeling, get curious in the same way you would in supporting that best friend. Because I'm sure if they came up and said, I want to do this thing, I feel passionate about it, but I'm scared. You're going to get curious with them and be like, whoa, why does that feel scary? What do you think, you know, what do you think that's all about? Who, who do you need to block on Facebook to then feel brave enough? (laughs) 
that you can go do this thing, get curious with yourself the way that you would with the best friend or go find that best friend. If you have that best friend that would do that, sit down with them be like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling scared and I want to do something big and it's important to me. It's important to my business. So talk this out with me. Yes. I love that. Get some coffee and just go, you know, whether zoom or in person like that. I love that idea. Cause your best friend's going to kick you out of the airplane. They're yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, throw that parachute on. We're yep, good. Exactly. Um, and lastly, your favorites. Um, what's your favorite book? Oh, anything from Brene Brown. I'm a total fan girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. And I, I need to order, um, her, her latest book gifts. What is it? Gifts. Something about gifts. Mm, I haven't heard it. Like I didn't, I haven't heard of that one. So I'll have to look at that too. It's new. She just was talking about it on her podcast this week. So cool. Okay. Complete fangirl. (laughs) It's hard not to be. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your favorite drink? Sparkling water. Mm. We've been getting into some bubbly water. I was not a fan. Like I could not get on board, but my husband keeps trying different ones and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like this raspberry one. (laughs) I love it. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Just go on a walk or anything outdoors, anything outdoors, breathing fresh air. It's tough to do in the summer in Arizona, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, favorite thing to watch. Murder, murder mysteries. Like, um, what is that? Like law and order and all that stuff? No real ones. Okay. Oh, so like a 48 <laughs> like, hours type one. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dateline, uh, investigation discovery and much to the chagrin of my, uh, schedule each day. I found podcasts for them too. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. You should hang out with my father-in-law. Like all he does, all he does, he gets like so jazzed about like new Datelines. I'm like, oh my God. I do. Um, yeah. And I'm, uh, I don't like, like scary fiction. Mm-hmm. And so my husband makes fun of me so much. He was like, you can watch things about actual people being real life murdered yeah. and you're not scared, but like this fictional movie that has something gross looking, jumping out, terrifies you for months. I'm like, yep. That's, oh, me. that's hilarious. <laughs> but we're all unique. <laughs> Um, and lastly, where's your favorite place to go? Sedona, Arizona. I feel so blessed to live close by it. It's a neat place. It really Mm -hmm. is. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, where can everybody find you online? Your website, social media, all of that. So they can connect further and learn about your launch and all your program. Yeah. Website is sarahdonconsulting.com and everything you need to know about, Um, This program is right there. And actually the first thing you'll see when you go to my website is a freebie that is kind of a kickstart to the program to get you looking at what you're doing in your day, what's filling your plate in your schedule and what needs to not be on your plate anymore and be delegated to someone else or automated. So that's a really great kickstart and it's completely free. And then anything else I'm up to, you can check me out on Instagram at Sarah Dawn ESQ. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to go get that 
freebie actually. <laughs> Do it. Yes, I will. Like I've been tossing around the idea of getting like a BA and I'm just feel I know I should. So this might just be like the push that push out of the, you know, plane that I need. Yeah. And it'll help you to know exactly what type of VA to get that has what skill sets rather than just somebody to do something. Right. Awesome. Okay. Yay. Yeah. I'm going to get it. Well, thank you so much. I I know you're super busy. So I really um, appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and share all of your, like all of your expertise. It's been a super fun conversation. Excellent. I'm glad we got to do this. We'll talk soon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability and open office hour and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.